the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, if someone asks a believer what they've been saved from, often you'll hear answers like, well, I've been saved from sin, I've been saved from hell, I've been saved from eternal death, and the like, and all of those answers are correct. But behind those answers is this truth, that ultimately what we have been saved from is the wrath of God. It's all about God, folks. It's all about God. An old saint was once asked if he was saved, to which he said, Have I been saved? Am I being saved? Or will I be saved? The answer is yes to all three. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. We're back in Corinthians as we take a look at the benefits past for the saint. Join us. Here's Pastor Leighton with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. It reads, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the words sanctified and saints is from the same root, hagios. It means fundamentally to be holy. And we are made holy in Jesus Christ. That's a reference to what the theologians would call our positional holiness. We are held in a position of holy. And not only are we held in a position of holy, we are also called to be holy. That is not in a future sense, somewhere in the future, but in a present behavioral sense or practice. And that would be a reference to our practical holiness. So in the view of God, we are in the position of holy and we're called to act holy or to practice our holiness. And that's the the central theme of 1 Corinthians is, is an exhortation for godly living. And the foundation for this exhortation is based upon the fact of the believer's sainthood. Because believers have been declared saints and holy, they have been given a new nature. And so Paul pleads that believers should act holy. As John MacArthur said, the indicative you are is the basis for the imperative you ought. And that's a basic principle that's taught throughout the New Testament. In fact, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 8. We're going to come back to 1 Corinthians. You might want to put a bookmark there somehow. But look at John chapter 8. We're going to see this principle illustrated for us. It's the story of a woman caught in adultery. John chapter 8. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. And so he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then he stooped down again and he wrote in the dust. 
And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. So Jesus had granted the woman new life, and now he exhorted her to follow a new way of living. A new life should result in a new way of living. He said, neither do I condemn you. And then he said, go and sin no more. He was saying, I don't hold your sin against you any longer. You are holy in my eyes. Now go and live a holy life. Now, since the only way a believer can overcome a tendency to sin is through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit is given to believers at the moment of salvation, then that woman must have received salvation that very hour. The truth of salvation is that we are not only saved from sins committed, but we're also saved from committing sins. And this is accomplished by the power of God's Holy Spirit residing within us. I'm going to invite you to turn to 1 John chapter 1, because I'm not suggesting by any means that any Christian is perfect. 1 John chapter 1, and that's why the Apostle John writes, beginning at verse 8, If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that His word has no place in our hearts. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. See, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ. If we sin, we're not to run away from Jesus. We're to run towards Jesus because he is our advocate. He's the one who paid the price for our sin so that we can come to God clothed in a righteousness, the righteousness of Christ, the only one who is truly righteous. And this same truth is proclaimed throughout the New Testament. As Christians, we're not condemned, we're declared to be holy, and our sins are forgiven and set aside forever. And since our new nature in Christ is holy, our living should also be holy. Continue at at, uh, 1 John 2, 3 and following. And we can be sure that if we, we know him, if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. And that is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Jesus was the model of obedience to God the Father, and Jesus Christ is our model, and we should live as Jesus did. And then in Colossians chapter 3, Paul describes the transformed behavior that should characterize a believer. He describes pre-belief behavior that should be put to death. Something that's very important for us to understand, and that is putting something to death is not the same as letting something die. Putting to death requires our active and intentional participation. In Colossians 3, 5 and following says, So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, 
impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. See, unholy things have no comfortable place to reside in a holy life. We're not to lie and steal and cheat and commit other sins because that sin is inconsistent with who we are in Jesus Christ. We should be conformed to the image of Christ. And so Paul takes these first nine verses of 1 Corinthians to show believers who they are. Saints, sanctified ones, holy. And and the rest of the letter is built upon this foundation. You are holy, therefore act holy. In verses 4 through 9, Paul summarizes the benefits of believing in Christ, that is, being a saint. And he describes it in three dimensions. Uh, Some of them are in the past, uh, given at the moment when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Others are in the present as we live our lives in Him. And yet others are still in the future that we will experience when we get to heaven and are with Him for eternity. So in the past, there is grace. In the present, there are gifts. And in the future, there are guarantees. Our past is taken care of. Our present is provided for. Our future is assured. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom ye are called into fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So Paul begins, I thank my God. I thank my God always on your behalf. You know, Jesus said something interesting in Luke chapter 15. He says, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. When one person comes to the Lord, they throw a party in heaven. That's what it says. Heaven rejoices when one sinner becomes a saint. And Paul joined with heaven's rejoicing. It was his passion to see people hear about Jesus Christ and respond. And as believers, we should never allow ourselves to become nonchalant When the news of a profession of faith reaches our ears, it should always be for us a cause for celebration and thanksgiving. And furthermore, as Paul states here, our thanksgiving should always be directed towards God rather than the person who happened to be the messenger at the moment of conversion. You see, later in this epistle, Paul writes in chapter 3, verse 6, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. In other words, conversion to Christianity is a process in which various believers have the privilege of participating in, but ultimately it is God and not the messenger who brings spiritual life and therefore should receive the ultimate thanksgiving. Paul continues, For the grace of God which is given you, that's past tense, we're talking about a benefit in the dimension of the past, given you by Jesus Christ. 
The first benefit of being a saint is the grace of salvation. Now, both which was given and was confirmed are in the aorist tense in Greek, indicating an action in the past that's completed. And so, at the moment a person believes in Jesus Christ, he receives God's grace, and the testimony of Christ is confirmed in him. Now, the basic meaning of grace, charis in Greek, is favor. But when it's used in regard to God's saving men through His Son, it always has a very special and distinct meaning in the sense of an undeserved and unrepayable kindness or mercy that is given towards sinners. It is super magnanimous giving. It's giving that is totally undeserved. It's unmerited. In fact, we cannot pay it back. It cannot be repaid. God's grace is free and unearned. And as such, it is something that can never be lost. What an amazing truth we are exploring here today on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. If you would like to review today's program, maybe find out a bit more about us, who we are, and where we're at. You're more than welcome to visit our website, highlands.us. Now you'll find information about Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, when we meet, and where, directions, as well as this radio program, Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Again, that's highlands.us, highlands.us. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow for another broadcast of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.